we are live. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of internet land. And welcome to another episode of Knights of Pain Town, a City of Mist actual play podcast. I am your lovely master of ceremonies, aka the MC for this amazing game, Mikey. You can follow me on my personal socials at PopCultureGeek, or you can find us at DD Vibe Tribe Productions. Make sure that you follow us there if you want to stay up to date on all the projects we've got going on. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a total of seven. Seven actual play podcasts being run on this network. So make sure you go check out one or two, or if you want to be a fanatic, go check out all of them because all the players are great and we do some amazing stuff over there. But as always, I am not alone in this adventure tonight. I have my amazing cast with me, so we're going to go around real quick. We're going to introduce everybody. They can talk about a little bit about themselves, plug any projects or social media that they have. And then also they're going to tell us who they're playing as and what their mythos is. Wes and I play uh, Jack McTire, a.k.a. Mac, the uh, mildly lovable troublemaker uh, who has the mythos of Cernos, which is we're, we're going to have some fun with that. You can follow me on TikTok at the, as, at the last mammoth. And that's all I got. Just keeping it short and simple today. Hello, for any of the fanatics out here, you already know who I am, but for who don't, I am Echo. I am I, I am the person who plays Albert the Owlbear on TikTok, and I am Corey O'Reilly, our Irish mobster, with the mythos of Dagda in this game. I also play John McCack, the Six, in Worldwide Wrestling. I play Nicholas Heisenberg in Hecna, and I will be playing the mysterious character for our new one coming up, D&D Strange Academy. Wooden Tog on Hello, I'm Josh, aka MG Preacher on TikTok, and you can also follow me on Instagram at MG Preacher Mark 2. Like my friend Echo, I am in several of Mikey's campaigns, but too many to that go off naming the characters at the moment. I'm just gonna keep this sweet and simple. I'm playing Sergeant Friedrich Krupp of the Pain Town's 13th Precinct. He is a canine officer. And so what better mythos than to be Cerberus? Surprise, ladies and gentlemen, I can officially announce on this episode that we have an official fourth player joining us in this amazing, crazy, weird adventure. <laughs> Hey, my name's Rage. I'm playing Dean Strongman, and my mythos is Elrod. I am so excited. I cannot wait for all this. But yes, <laughs> so we have a fourth player. So now you, the listening audience, get to hear more craziness now that the group has expanded to four. Oh, I'm so excited, but I'm also very nervous because you guys are already chaotic as it is. So this should be a good part. And before anyone asks, no, the bazooka has not been <laughs> developed yet. Anything about the cookies, though? <laughs> Listen, you will get those cookies today, I promise. <laughs> you access to that. Insert, oh, insert jokes here. 
Yes, the bazooka will eventually come into play, I promise you, but y'all will get your cookies tonight, I promise. Forget the mystery. The real goal of this is to get the cookies. And not die. Oh, I promise you won't die. I'm, I'm sorry for any Irish listeners. I'm going to go... We are fighting a banshee, so anyone who has Irish descent knows what I'm facing. So, wish me luck, please. Oh my goodness, but that is the perfect segue, so... What's the of Irish and German? Listen, a banshee is a banshee. It is all kinds of crazy weather <laughs> wherever you come from oh, in the world. still a whole bunch of... Oh, no. It is a whole bunch of... Oh, it, no. It is. But this is the perfect segue. Speaking of oh, no's... Some of you listening audience might be wondering, what is going on? Why are they mentioning a banshee? Let's recap what happened last time, because it's been a minute. We so... Ga- we <laughs> gathered the previous three party members, went to meet Frankenstein. One of us almost got shocked to death. Giant oak table saved them. Figured Thank out- you for the table. <laughs> You're welcome. Figured out what happened to the people who were killed. Figured out it was the banshee who was doing it. Now we're going to hunt him down by checking all the murder spots. Totally, we're, we are the innocent party here. And we're Yo. also being driven around by a police officer that has no respect for speed limits. <laughs> hey, you leave Officer Dawes alone. <laughs> she has the need Everybody for speed, man. Dodd. Listen, Dawes and Quinn need to be protected at all times. They're my friends. But honestly, though, that pretty much sums up exactly what happened last time. Yeah, so essentially, our three cops trio was given the task from their chief to go investigate these deaths. They picked up the rest of the squad. They made their way to the morgue, where there are promised cookies when they're all said and done in the morgue by the receptionist. Listen, Wendy's cookies will be there when you guys come back up. She promised you that already, and so... There we go. Y'all went into the morgue. You met with Dr. Winthrop, who has the mythos of Dr. Frankenstein. Friedrich almost got shot to death, but thanks to a table from Corey, he was saved. And then, yeah, you guys realized that there were three victims with similar motives, not motives, deaths, the way they died in the same manner. And you realize, specifically, Corey, you realize with the help of your daughter texting her in the middle of the school day, which thankfully she didn't get in trouble for, you realize that these handprints on the heart of the victims had to do with their hearts being crushed, which is the responsibility from a banshee. So, yeah, banshees are no fun. So that is where we're going to pick up real quick. So, Mac, Friedrich, and Corey... You guys are still in the morgue with Dr. Winthrop, and he just looks at you. So that is all I have for you, gentlemen. But I will leave you with this. And he hands you guys the envelope. These are the addresses for the three different places where the victims were originally found. So do with this information as you will. But if you need me, I will be here conducting my research. As he begins to <laughs> go into his jar and pull out another frog and try to bring it to life. Everyone out. Out, out, out of the room. I got the, bu- uh, the booklet with uh, the addresses and I'm gone. 
I'm, I fall. I'm, I'm falling right behind. We're gonna need some help. Already halfway up the stairs. Max is like Max like forget. Yes, Max smells the. Well, technically, Mac could smell the cookies because remember, Mac, because there was a complication from last time. You're halfway from going full. Seen red Sarah Nuno's form. Granted, not everything has uh, grown out, but for those who noticed, he Mac, you are a little bit hairier, and you can feel your horns beginning to protrude through the top of your skull. They're not all the way there, but you're just like nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> so... I can smell cookies from the bottom of a basement, up a morgue. <laughs> Let's say it's something. Yes, it is. So, Friedrich. I believe we have to get another member. Yeah, we need to... Uh, I think it's just one more we need to pick up, so... Let's hurry up before Mackie told the cookies, because Wendy makes some <laughs> amazing cookies. <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> oh I my can... gosh. I'm, I'm running up now. Cool, cool, cool. So, Friedrich and Corey, you and Office... You and Doss, the three of you, make your way upstairs. When you come back into the reception area, you just see Officer Quinn, who, remember, was about to throw up, so he, you told him to go wait upstairs, and he did. So Quinn and Mac are already chowing down on Wendy's cookies. <laughs> and so Wendy turns to you three. Oh, sweeties, there you are. I was wondering when you were going to show up. Here, have some cookies. Don't go, Wendy. O'Reilly just takes one. Thank you, miss. Come on, Mr. O'Reilly, you gotta enjoy the cookies. It's okay to crack a little smile once in a while. I am enjoying it. Slowly, slowly eat it. But time is of the essence, and there's not much time left in the day. I mean, the fuck eating the cookie all slow like then? Does I want to enjoy the cookies, not just devour them. You're a fucking conundrum. In Mac's uh, defense, during the Academy, we were always told whenever it was time to chow, if we could taste it, we're wrong. I'm sorry, then. I would agree with you when I was younger, but I'm older now. And I want to take my time. At some, at some things. To be fair, we are in the fastest car in the world. That's often <laughs> She already has put her sunglasses down and she's just, like, ready to roll. We get to the car. Let's go! I grab three more cookies and I'll look at Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. And then start heading towards the door. You're very welcome, love. Just stuffing pockets with them. Just uh, every cookie I get my hands on, stuffing pockets. <laughs> leave, some, uh, leave some for her, Jesus. I take two back out and put them back on the tray. And walk. Oh, before I forget, Friedrich, here, you're going to want to give this to your new canine partner. And she has a little doggy bag of dog cookies. He's going to love sis. Oh, even these. Now, don't eat them. They're not for you. Oh, don't worry, Mandy. I won't. You better. And if you ever want some, come stop by any time. Dr. Winthrop is always down there, so it gets a little lonely up here. Well, next time we come by here, I'll be sure, I'll be sure to bring a service in here with me. <laughs> that would be lovely. Now, you go on and do your little investigation, hun, and I'll be here when you need me. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. We must protect Wendy at all costs now. <laughs> Wendy lives forever. Yes. Listen, Wendy and then our flower shop lady, we must protect them at all costs. <laughs> Is it bad of me that I don't remember what her name was? 
Miss you. Yep, miss you. Miss, oh my god, miss you. of course. That's the most generic name ever. Well, oh. to be fun. Wow, to be hurt my feelings. feelings. <laughs> I have a bad memory, okay? Ever since I got clopped upside the head with a rifle, my memory's not been all that good. Yikes. It got real, real fast, but no. So, all of you, I'm assuming all of you pack into the car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Three, as soon two, as I get into one. Before Officer Dawes floors it, you haven't told me where we're going first. Do you want to tell her or should I? You go ahead and tell her. So, boys, I believe I opening out that bag that she made, that Wendy made for him. We'll be stopping at a college real quick. Cerberus is eating the cookies, and Dodds looks over to you. There are two. Do you want me to go to the community college, or do you want me to go to Paintown University? Which one is he at again? For the the sake of spirit of hell. As this is all happening, Mac just takes out one of those glasses, like sunglasses you clip on to regular glass, and goes, all right. Oh my gosh. He's got the need for speed and I'm in the back seat. Let's get this party started. Cool. All of a sudden you randomly then over at Cerberus. I need to get him puppy sunglasses. I believe it is pain town. Alrighty, buckle up kids. I'm gonna get you there in about ten minutes or so. You go on the sidewalks and get it on date. I remember I remember I used to be able to do it in five. Oh, is that a bet, O'Reilly? Alrighty. I can get you there in under five minutes. Just hang on tight. <laughs> Officer Dawes adjusts her glasses. She adjusts the mirror. She turns on her turn signal to get into the street. But once she's cleared of traffic, she just floors it. And all of you start rearing back in the car as you guys speed your way to Paint Town University. I get on the radios informing all the other precincts that's, that's on our way to clear the intersections. Oh, okay. It's more legitimate. Is okay. it wrong that I envision this woman listening to like death metal as she drives through this town? That was so, okay. So I'm going to say she's like listening to death metal, but it's like Hindi death metal, which is a thing and it is great. It is amazing. <laughs> you need to send me that now. I have to listen to some of this. We'll send you some stuff later, but oh my goodness, it is great, and I love it. But yeah, she's listening. Officer Dawes is blasting Hindi death metal as she's doing it. But, Friedrich, I believe you said you wanted to tell all the other precincts to clear the way for you. I believe just <laughs> hearing her driving makes sense. It does, a little bit, but he put himself in this position. So, guess what, Friedrich? You get the first roll of tonight. Oh, Jesus. So, you're trying to convince other police precincts to clear the road just for Officer Doss to get the need for speed. So, I'm going to have you roll convince. Okay, and uh, I believe I also have to use uh, different power tabs, I think it is. If you could find power tags that correlate to the situation you are trying to do, we can talk about it, and then I will let you know which ones are okay for this, so... You're convincing these precincts to clear the road for Officer Dawes and her need for speed. Okay, first, seen it before because I'm pretty sure everybody, we've been, let's see, we've been in this precinct for, what did I say, three, four years now? 
So in the three or four years, they've probably seen Officer Doss drive like a maniac. Standard equipment because I'm using my radio that's on my vest to call out to these other precincts. As well as I also have police connections too. I've been around, I've been a canine officer, so I've had to work with other precincts when other canine officers haven't been on duty. Oh my goodness. I forgot about that last one. Uh, that one's going to come to bite me in the ass later, but that's okay. I love it. Okay, so I will say all three of those apply, so your power tags give you a plus three. So roll the D 2d6 and add plus three to your final result, and let's see what happens. Okay, it's just one. And it's just two. Okay, so that would be a total of nine. <laughs> this is going to be fun. So on a nine, it is <laughs> a nine is a soft success, but there are going to be some complications of my design. Oh, Lord. Of course. So, as you are on the radio to get the clear the way, there is one particular officer who that can definitely get all of these other precincts to do what you ask. There's only one little catch. It's Rodriguez, isn't it? Ramirez. Oh, Ramirez, yeah. So, Ramirez, you know that Ramirez will do anything for you, but it requires you to do something for him. So, you get on the radio, and you just hear Ramirez be like, Ah, Friedrich, what can I do for you? Das is driving again. I need you to get in whatever intersections it is that we got across the time. I need these intersections blocked off. You make that work for me. I can hmm. do it, but it will. Exactly. I love how this is the NPC everyone is going to be playing. <laughs> yeah, you remember that bet that you made about me getting mauled by Cerberus when he got here? I can yes. make you bet that. Dang, that was <laughs> Ramirez is such a nice guy. <laughs> Especially when he doesn't lose money. That is true. Alright. Alright, Friedrich, I will put it in for you, and we will call us even. And so, over the radio, Friedrich, you just hear... All units, we have uh, Officer Dawes uh, behind the wheel, so Operation Need for Speed is a go. I repeat, Officer Dawes is at the wheel. Operation Need for Speed is a go. And you just hear on the radio, all of you here on the radio, you just hear different precincts be like, it's like Intersection 245 is cleared. Baker Street is cleared. You just hear one officer is just like... Drift Vale Street is cleared, and then you just hear the extra comment. Officer Dawes, this is your sister speaking. We need to have a talk as soon as this is over. I had told you about the operation need for speed, but that is neither here nor there. <laughs> My, you can talk to me about it. I cost it. Officer Ramirez, I'm going to need you to go to Channel 10 real quick so we can have a stern conversation. I backed up here. Got some murder files to review. <laughs> oh, jeez. Officer Dawes, you take care of yourself. I'm going to go next door real quick to have a little chat with Officer Ramirez. She leaves her radio on and you just hear the door slam and like her yelling at Ramirez before Ramirez turns off. So you guys can't hear the argument no more. <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah, so Officer Dawes clocks it in at four minutes and 50 seconds. Cerberus is just chilling in the back. The rest of you are just like holding on for dear life. Officer Quinn is trying not to throw up his lunch and the cookies. He's not trying to toss his cookies at the need for speed. But you guys end up at Payne Town University. 
So, Corey, you, of everybody, know exactly where our fourth crew member is at this point. He's currently in class at the moment. <laughs> but he should be getting out shortly. You just need to find the science building. Das, over there, says the uh, science block. Go over there, park over there. Yeah. I don't have any money to pay for parking, so can someone spot me like five dollars? I got it. Of it's course. I was to offer him paying it too, so that's a, that's convenient. Not gonna lie, it's very convenient. Listen, I'm not gonna complain. Usually, I have very keen eyes on Corey and his motives, but I don't care at this point because it's not coming down in my pocket. So you give her the five dollars. You guys park in the <laughs> science parking lot. Are you guys going to get out, or are you going to chill in the car? <laughs> I'm getting out. I'm out. Getting out. Out this van. And you know what? Screw it. Service. Come here, boy. <laughs> You're going to take your... Oh, my gosh. He's I technically forget. a service dog. He is, and he's dressed in his little police uniform. So as you guys are walking towards the science building, you I just like see... a profile picture on my block here. Yeah. Oh. I was going to say... I was going to ask if you were keeping a low profile, but I forget that you have three police officers, a, cr a former mobster, and a construction worker, so yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> For the poor man, village people. Low profile is our mental name. <laughs> to be fair, I'm just a name in a suit with a wooden ring. I'm the most innocent looking person here. Yep, an old man in a suit walking through a college. Not at all suspicious. <laughs> With three police officers in tow. <laughs> I'm the normal looking one. And a canine unit. Who I might add, all four of them are in uniform. I'm the normal looking one. Out of everyone here, I'm the normal looking one. Says the hairy man still in construction uniform. Just the vest was taken With off. I'm just wearing like a t-shirt. With the police <laughs> with him as well. Oh my goodness, you guys are cracking me up. <laughs> So you just get to the stairs of some of the college students. Some of them are like from a distance or like whispering to each other. Others are taking out their cell phones and like taking pictures to post on Instagram later. Some of them are filming be like, yo, guys, what's up? Welcome to my YouTube channel. Things are going crazy. There are some police officers on my college campus. <laughs> being detained. Am I being detained? <laughs> No! When you said welcome to my YouTube channel, I was so, I was gonna say, I look over, hey, don't you have a warrant in Fresno? It's like, uh... <laughs> oh, running. oh, crap, maybe she needs... Uh, oh, wait, yeah, he also owes Mafia 200 bucks. This kid immediately puts his phone away. Never mind, I won't post it. Delete. <laughs> but you guys make your way to the science building, and you just see a bunch of students just walking out as class has ended. So, as you guys are waiting in the midst of all these crowds of students walking through, a familiar, Corey, a familiar student, comes walking through the hallway. He's just chilling by himself. He has his book, he has his backpack and things like that. Rage Lord, would you like to describe what your character looks like as he comes walking through the hallway towards this ragtag group of individuals? Uh, he's wearing a... Leather jacket, blue jean pants, got the shoes on and everything, and kind of nervous looking over at the police officers and everything. So he's keeping his head down. 
So, Dean, as you're trying to avoid eye contact with the police officers, you notice that with them is a familiar figure, Mr. Corey O'Reilly, who you guys have had some workings with each other in the past. Let's be honest, we don't like each other that much. <laughs> you're just gonna full book it? <laughs> yeah. You're just like, nope, and just start running out of the building. Max taking off after him. I don't know what's going on, but someone's running, so he's chasing him. Oh, jeez. Okay, so <laughs> Mac... Okay, uh, I'll just sit back and watch. <laughs> okay. Let Cerberus go catch him. Quinn is, I don't think so. He's not necessarily a threat, but if you want to give aid to Mac, maybe? I don't know if Mac well, will be able to catch up to him. To be fair, oh, look at him. He's apparently very fast. To be fair, and you don't realize we're wearing at least 75 to 80 pounds of equipment. That if is fair. Uh, He's a vigilante. As you say this out in public with other students around, be like, well, he said vigilante. What's going on here? <laughs> I just turned around to somebody, whoever it was that said that. He's Batman. Oh my gosh. And this kid's like, oh, Jesus. I Silver's Silver's still get him. And Silver's just takes off running. Don't hurt well, him. To be fair, I thought the mist would cover that. <laughs> so, just as a point. Pulls out a small notebook full of notes, writes it down. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, Friedrich, as a point of order, anytime you want to use Cerberus, you do have to blow that Onyx whistle, which flips the switch. Yes. Uh, oh, no. So that is one of the... I don't want to say a complication, but if you want Cerberus to do anything for you, you're gonna have to blow that whistle, because that is the only way he responds. So you know, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want him to tear off his leg, so... Doss, you and Quinn go and get the car. I'm going to take off after this guy. You, should, you just cut him off. Hey. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. Guess what? What? It's too late. <laughs> when you blow the whistle, it just activates his Cerberus powers, but because you told him not to hurt him, he's more than willing to listen to you. However, if things get a little more drastic, I get to roll to see the complications here. <laughs> Don't oh, worry. We hope it's not ripping then off Lake Cerberus for me. Let's go. Yep, I'm starting to go after seeing Cerberus go, okay. <laughs> so Cerberus, he's still looking like the little Rottweiler, except now, for those of you who can see past the mist, that his eyes kind of change from their normal color to his bloodshot red, and you see a, like, onyx black kind of misty aura kind of envelop his shape. He still looks like a Rottweiler to most people, but you can see that there is something more there for those of you who can see beyond the mist. So Cerberus goes after, and Mac, as you're chasing Dean <laughs> through the, the like the courtyard, uh, Cerberus catches up to you. <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. So we're going to have ourselves a little chase here. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna. I would like to do something to slow him down. Oh, oh no! This is just between oh. Cerberus and Mac versus Dean here, because the rest of you said you are still at the building and you're just gonna walk. I, uh, oh yeah, I'm just gonna walk, but I can throw things. Nope, I'm only gonna make this between <laughs> Mac uh, and Cerberus. 
Uh, okay, if, if we get, oh, get range, please tell me, because I want to try something stupid. Don't worry, Table Boy, you will have multiple chances, but right now, Max said he was chasing after him, and Cerberus is uh, tagging along, so... Dean, you're running through the courtyard as you're trying to escape, so... You start to slow down a little bit until you pick up your speed again when you see a behemoth of a man and a dog both in tandem start sprinting towards your direction. So we're going to have a little chase sequence. Friedrich, I'm going to have you roll for Cerberus, but all three of you, since we're doing this little chase, I am going to have all of you... Let's see. <laughs> Running from the cops is considered daring so it's gonna be interesting but you know what no because all of you are trying to avoid hitting other students and tripping over benches and things like that as you hop over these things i'm gonna have all three of you roll face danger so here's how this is going to work so for you rage we're gonna t you're gonna look at your character sheet and we're gonna see if there are any power tags that can help you face danger as you are running away from Mac and a Rottweiler. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't believe this is a thing. Oh, let's be honest. My deity is the god of the chase. Oh, I totally forgot about that. So there welcome you go. To my, welcome to my home turf. Oh, jeez. Okay, so Mac, let's start with you. So what power tags apply for this round? I'm going to go with uh, Feral Instincts. And considering I'm assuming I'm just going to run into people and things, ignore my own wounds, which means just I'm just going to bounce off of stuff. Like, I will take seeing red because the chase, so I'll get the minus because the chase is, it's on. So he's not focusing on anything else. Ooh, that is, that is good. So that'll give you a bonus plus one. Friedrich, let's go to you real quick. What power tags do you want to use for Cerberus since you and him are one in the same? Okay. First, I'm going to use the Sikkim strength, because he is trying to sick. Let's see. And also want to try to use Seen It Before, because in canine training, they'd have to learn how to basically work through obstacle courses. So they have to learn to be nimble while uh, chasing down a uh, criminal. Cool, cool. So both of those work so far. Okay, awesome. Okay, so then, so Raid, for you, did, what power tags do you have, think apply to you running away from? <laughs> I have balance, and I have smoke them out. So Ooh, I that's right. Okay, so actually, I will say that both of those count, so that will be plus two for you, plus one for Mac, and then plus two for Friedrich. So you guys are going to roll your 2d6, and then you're going to take oh, that wow. total and add your bonuses to it. So we'll start with you, Mac. What happened? Like, what'd you get? Ooh, okay, so nine. So Friedrich, what did you get for Cerberus? Uh, I bring forward. I had a plus two, correct? Yes. Okay, so that would be 11. Damn! <laughs> okay, oh, nine. guys <laughs> are working for me so far. <laughs> and then last but not least, Rage, what did you get? I'm gonna have my Alexa roll. Be like, I don't know. 
I'm so excited to have her first chase. Oh, she got me 10, so I get 12 total. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, of this chase scene, oh man, I wasn't expecting Dean to be the victor here, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I, it looks like I might have to intervene. Oh, don't worry, I have something I for this. I would like to give <laughs> Cerberus one juice. Oh, okay. Does this make him tied, correct? Yes, that would make him tied. Juice. It's basically... Remember, we all have juice together. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so you can spend a point of juice in order to do a couple of things. One of them is to give someone an extra bonus to it. And amongst other things, but so that is tied. So how do I want to do this? Okay, so we're gonna. I'm gonna narrate it this way. I I only have one juice left now, guys. So so we're gonna narrate it this way. Dean, as you are running through the campus, you're hopping over benches, you're throwing trash cans to block their path. Mac, as you are running, do you start to feel the primal instincts kind of kick in, and I'm going to say narratively, you start running on your bipedal legs. And then as the chase continues, you then instinctually start to go on all fours and just continue to run this chase as your horns begin to slightly protrude a little more and your fur begins to grow a little more, but you're still in control of your things. You're knocking over students. Students are cursing at you. You may or may not have broken a trash can or two as you're crashing through them. Thankfully, <laughs> you're doing okay. And you're able to keep pace with Dean, but he's a little bit ahead of you. Out of your peripheral vision, though, Mac, you see Cerberus just full-on sprint. This black aura now begins to encase him even further. And you look over as you swear one, no, two, possibly three heads start to coalesce as they begin chasing Dean. And Cerberus is able to keep up with Dean. You feel Cerberus coming in close to you. So feeling that danger sense, you just (laughs) feel your body temperature begin to increase and it looks to be in smoke begins to emulate off your body creating a smoke screen kind of effect behind Cerberus and as you think you're in the clear though Cerberus lunges forward not biting you but he with his two front paws tackles you to the ground and both of you go rolling until you guys crash into a grass field where Cerberus Before you get a chance to get up, Dean just puts his heavy paws on you and just sits on you (laughs) to keep you there (laughs) as the rest of you guys make your way over and y'all reconvene with Officer Dawes looking at you, Friedrich, and says, all right, here's 10 bucks. Thank you. I thought Mac would get to him first, but eh, a bet's a bet. Thanks for making me lose $10, Mac. Friedrich, half that's mine. Half? Of course. Look, 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 one of the fives. Here you go. Corey looks at Dean. You're not, you're not good at running because you're not a criminal. 
I'll just sit there. You're like, I plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah, Dean, as you're staring face to face once again with Corey O'Reilly. Yeah, the two of you aren't necessarily on the best of terms, especially after that botch job in Italy you guys had not a couple years ago. So, yeah. He's not necessarily... You don't, like... You're not full sworn enemies, but you don't necessarily like each other. Yeah, we got a big situation. Come on, time to go. What'd you mess up this time? It's something these men... Mostly these guys points at the cops. Messed up. Not me. Hey! Cerberus just looks in your direction, Corey, and just starts growling at you. Hey, hey, I said the police. I'm not talking about you. You're a good boy. Did you give you, like, the rock eyebrow raise? Oh, oh. I figured out what's killing people, not you guys. Max slowly backs up. Max, like, like, I'm gonna hit the nope on this situation. I'm <laughs> noping on out of here and going to hide behind someone else in the group. It's not possible, but he's gonna try anyway. Hold up, let me roll. Let me roll to let me roll to see who you hide behind. Oh my gosh, you're hiding behind. You're hiding behind. You're trying to hide behind Cerberus. Mac, you're trying to hide behind Cerberus. Cerberus just looks at you, and there's like that telepathy going on. Is dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Just give him the shush. Oh my goodness, I love it. <laughs> As everyone else has seen, Mac try to hide behind Cerberus. All you guys start stop talking and just all of you look at Mac. And Dos is just, Mac, are you good? What's going on here? I feel like he thinks that we're about to all try to kill each other, so he's hiding from the carnage. I'm not hiding from carnage. I enjoy carnage. I just don't like awkward social situations. They make me put on the. They make me weird. I'm gonna sit here and talk to the dog, if you don't mind. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so as the situation calms down, Cerberus gets off you, Dean, and as you brush yourself off, Corey, I believe you were explaining the situation to Dean. Cerberus was sitting on him. Yes, we yes we have a killer on the roofs, and you're the best one to help deal with this one. How's that? Yes. Oh, so yes. <laughs> I'm already loving this character. Sorry, continue. Yes. Yeah, okay. We're fighting death. There, done. Interesting. If we want to get technical, technically an agent of death. Not quite death. So if that makes it better for you, it's glass half full kind of thing. Yeah. Sure, I'm in. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, oh. this is... Um, that's Frederick with the dog, and you've met our other friend already. Top, you were a hard sell. It was hard to get you convinced to to join into our very bad of assholes here. So, thank you for joining <laughs> in. No problems. Now, I hope that you. I hope you had a light lunch. You so what's up with the pooch? Um, I believe that is sir. Oh, so that's the little puppy. Cerberus is chilling next to you, Friedrich, and it's just, he's back to his normal Rottweiler form, and it's just, it's just like... The lovable 113-pound puppy. Yes. <laughs> the rest of the students are just like, oh, look at the little doggy. And then Officer Dawes and Quinn are just like, stand back, people, official Paint Town Police oh, business. Nothing to see here. Nothing, nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> nothing to see here. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, I love all this. So, Officer Dawes, once 
she pushes the students at bay. She turns to you guys, slowly puts her sunglasses down and says, where to next, boys? As she's like gleaming from ear to ear. And all of a sudden now she's wearing like driving gloves. <laughs> Where were you hiding souls? I have my secrets. <laughs> how do you, how do you think I how do you think I hid all the snacks when we were at the academy? That's I got a whole lot of questions I don't want answers to, and I'm just gonna turn around and walk away from this right now. <laughs> You're gonna, gonna go back away. to the parking lot? <laughs> I'm scared of giving her I'm scared of getting her some of his Kong's cloud. That would just be scary to see with her. Still having storage, though. You're contemplating this. <laughs> I want to see it. But it might kill several people. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that, O'Reilly. Back to the point at hand. So, where to next, boys? We got three locations to look at. Where am I taking us first? Mr. Strongman, do you need any medical attention? Because that was a pretty rough hit. I've been hit harder than that. That was weak. Yes, I remember. Cerberus, don't. This is just like, what? <laughs> he was calling you the goodest boy, Cerberus. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, does Mac actually have like the telepathy stuff with Cerberus or no? Like, they're actual, yes. okay. Yes. <laughs> he looks at Fridge and goes, no, he, he knows better than that. I know, I just wanted to call him the goodest boy. Because he is. He is the goodest yes, boy. Yes, he of is. Of all the boys, he is easily the goodest boy. This tail just starts wagging. And I pull out the some of the case notes. Let's go to let's go to the funeral home uh, where the body of uh, Mr. Walsh was found. Does that sound good for everybody? Question. Yes, Mac. Front seat, passenger seat. One, two, three. One. Who gets to ride in the trunk? The pooch. I was gonna say I don't mind riding my guy. I don't. Mac doesn't mind riding the trunk. He doesn't care because it's an that's an SUV. He's still a bunch of people get out of this big old blacked out SUV and then this bony image pops out of the trunk. It'll be it's probably like, be easier. He's big, so I'll squeeze in there. All right. Then he can wedge himself for Daz's driving. Is that <laughs> be like? What is that thumping in the trunk? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Every time you go down a curve, you just hit one side of the SUV and it just tilts on two wheels. Oh, and the speed bumps will be horrible. <laughs> dense in the room. Okay, so everyone makes their way back into the SUV. Man, we have a lot of people in here. This is great. So all of you guys make your way into the seats. Mac, you just get into the trunk and is just chilling there. Okay. Dean, can I ask you one question? This question still catches... I'm trying to still figure out this one thing about you. After what happened mm. between me and you, why the hell did you come into my area of the world? To my city? That is for my own personal reasons. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> After what happened between me and you, you do not get to say that and come to my part of the world in my city. You don't get to use that Dude. excuse. To be fair, I didn't know you were even here. I didn't know I was here. He kept his I'm head down. <laughs> I, <literally laughs> I literally said, I came from Pain Town. And you were at Pain Town University. True. Yeah, but I didn't think you were going to go back home. It's not my fault that you had to go see your mama again. 
Ooh. Mac just picks his head up above the back seat because he's in like the back of the SUV and just goes, that's not mine. There's no way. I like this guy. This one. I like him. I, uh, I believe that I will have to show you some hospitality later. Oh my gosh. Is, is that a threat? Is it too old? Oh my gosh, oh. bro. To be, realistically, he, uh, to be realistic here, it's, uh, there's like, what, 32,000 people in this city? So the chances of you two meeting was 32,000 of one. But we see how Don't that works. the odds. To be fair, this is a mystical city as well. That is hard before the intensity here gets too bad. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you just think you hear like in, uh, her trying to imitate a SpongeBob. Okay, floor it. And so, all of you guys just hang on for dear life as you guys head your way to the Green I, Meadow Funeral Home. I'm, and you go I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pushing Rage outside the window <laughs> with the speed. Bro, we can't have like. Can't we Okay, so I'm gonna resolve this real quick. So. Dean is just like, can you go faster? Officer Dawes is just like, watch me. And she floors it even more. <laughs> she starts to be like drifting behind cars, getting that like aerodynamic drift speed. <laughs> and around corners, she's just like shifting the gears like Tokyo Drift and just drifting around the corners. <laughs> oh, Mac, you, you're in the back. You're just like, I will have my revenge one day. Officer but Quinn is just, yeah, but Officer Quinn's like, but not today. <laughs> but today is not that day. Especially in front of three police officers in a canine unit. We're trying to be good people here. I don't want to reserve judgment, but you're making it very hard right now because you are a formal crime boss and mobster. I, I was not a crime boss. I'm sorry for assuming because you know what they say about assuming, but you're making it really hard right now as he's trying not to, he's saying all this, trying not to blow chunks as he's holding on for dear life. Exactly. He's he's a vigilante, so he would also be If I might add, I would like to tell her that, can you go even faster? This is too slow for me. Oh, watch me. And she's literally a, like full on, like the speed gauge is starting to enter the 90s and 100. So it's wild. To be fair, this isn't even the fastest vehicle in the city. So wait, did it destroy your, your vehicle last time? As you say this, the car comes to a screeching halt. As you guys go f- lunging forward in your seats, it's like, we're here, boys. Now, if both of you can stop arguing for one second, we have a job to do. Both of you are pretty. We can continue this argument later. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say the whole you're pretty thing. Beat me to- That is why I know you too well, Friedrich. We could beat all of us too. Ooh, Friedrich, are you giving Officer Dawes sass, boy? <laughs> I've known her long enough. Yes, I'm giving her sass. Ooh. Like a Telltale game, she will remember this. <laughs> All right, but as I, so, I you guys. I have not said the one thing which I say to most party members yet. Save it. <laughs> Let it fester. But I, no, okay. <laughs> yes, we do not like each other. He is not allowed. Oh boy, this is going to be an interesting dynamic. But as you the car comes to the stop, and all of you guys make your way out of the car, you find yourself at the Green Battle Funeral Home. As you guys get closer to the funeral home, you notice that there is a closed sign hanging on the knob of the front door. And like how most funeral homes have, usually outside they have a little stand of the person that they 
where where the funeral was so like usually a picture the name all that good stuff but as you guys get to the front door of the funeral home you notice that it's very deathly silent here but the door is slightly ajar and you hear someone working inside this open uh door on the inside of this funeral home the normal work normal or does it sound you it sounds like there's someone sweeping you hear like glass shards and stuff being swept into what can possibly be a dust pan shards that's Slow normal turns the ring into the baseball bat but hidden from like most people's views can i, look, can can I, I go, go up to the door and burn off the, the door is close on and i just want to burn it super fun I roll perception. <laughs> I'm like, that's not the right game. I know, but it's the, I want to so bad. You will automatically see it because all of you guys are awakened to the mist. But okay. yeah, so Dean, you go over to this clothes sign and as you make contact with it in your hand, the thing just bursts. Actually, for the sake of it, just for flavor-wise, Dean, what color are your flames when you use them? Blue. Ah, shit. Here we go. <laughs> Because O'Reilly will slowly go in after the signs burning and be like, Hello! Ex excuse me. Housekeeping? That's what I usually do. I do the housekeeping thing. Gosh, you guys are ridiculous. It's fun to say housekeeping, but I'm not going to. Because that is not O'Reilly in this situation. But yeah, so Dean, the blue flames burn and evaporate this clothes sign. The rest of you just notice, are just looking on at these blue flames. And as soon as the sign is finished burning up, the flames retract. And all of you are just staring, <laughs> including Officer Dawes. Quinn wasn't really paying attention. He was just like trying to get the parking. He was putting like the anti-theft like brake on the wheel. He was not one of the good <laughs> Because technically he is the normal one. O'Reilly's <laughs> going into the building. Immediately walking in with Mr. O'Reilly. I will too. I, I walk I, in I behind uh, Dean. So. <laughs> okay. I'm keeping the baseball bat hidden. Meet Shield in the back. Uh, meet Shield in the back. We'd love to see it. Okay, so as you guys enter the funeral home, inside, amongst all this, are like. The floral arrangements, a lot that you just see flower petals and like the floor, the wreaths at a funeral just scattered all over the ground, as well as some broken glass. Inside, you also see a portrait of the dearly departed on the floor of the foyer. So his poster is still there. As you look at the poster, it is a picture of a young teenager. And from what you can gather based on the scene in front of you, you can see that there was some kind of struggle here that it seems and that the shattered glass came from the broken picture frame as it's currently being swept by a janitor gonna help out but see what's in the picture frame i mean it you could deduce what for you could deduce from the picture frame that it held the portrait of the teenager whose portrait is now on the floor so you can make the deduction that that portrait used was in the frame <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the, I'm, I'm gonna look at, I'm gonna look at, I can't remember his name, dang it, why can't, why is it when I first think of it, I remember it, but now I can't, 
creature's name. Dang it. Yes. Hey, look at Friedrich. I think we have some evidence here. Possibly. Let's see. Looking at the looking at the papers and stuff, like the the photograph and probably the cards that they had setting out. Does it say what this young lad's name was? Sure. Hold up, let me look at my notes because I have this written down somewhere. <laughs> okay. His his name age. <sighs> so, well, actually, if you wanted to, you could investigate it because no, you would have it in your file. Chief would give you all this stuff, so I'm not going to make you roll with it. So as you are looking through the file, Friedrich, you see that when Mr. Adam Walsh, the person who died during at the funeral home, you notice that there is also another deceased Walsh there by the name of Bradley Walsh. And as you read the case file, that Bradley Walsh was the son of Adam Walsh. And as you look at the reference photo and the picture of the poster of this portrait on the floor, it is an exact match. So you make the deduction that this was the funeral for Bradley Walsh, Adam's son. I indeed it is. As the janitor finally notices you guys walk in. Apologies for the mess. Things got a little out of hand the other day. Or... In, with the tragic and all it's just that I finally had the time to clean it up now that things have settled down what, what exactly happened here sir as the janitor takes off his cap and wipes his furrowed brow uh, how much time you got uh, it was a little crazy and it might take some time to explain it we do have other places we need to go okay. I want to go up and bonk him on the head. <laughs> I just want to go up there and bonk him on the head. <laughs> oh, no. No. And then whisper in his ear. Oh, I'll whisper geez. in his ear. Information's information. <laughs> we can get as much as we can. I look at him. You're in my city, not yours. You may have been I'm just going to look you. over at you. <laughs> I'll just look over at you with disgust and just ignore your opinion. Oh, jeez. Ah. <laughs> I would like to knock him out with the baseball bat. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You guys are about to... Okay. I'll just walk away from the situation. Oh, jeez. Just Thank go you. away now, buy some vehicle. Is there a way for me to separate them? I mean, like, I mean, technically... a big person just, like, arm length away, like... No. I'm just imagining, like, the cartoon version. These two are, like swinging their arms in a circle trying to hit each other and you just like come in between and you're just like you like hand on each of their foreheads as they're pushing forward trying to hit each other this is my territory not yours you can't uh, just torture this good working citizen he's got a story to tell so let him tell it at this point officer Doss is just like alright enough of this and Friedrich you've seen these eyes before because Officer Dawes showed you this power of hers when she showed it off when you guys were at the jazz bar. And so now all of you see that her eyes go from this hazel brown and then you start to see like this light orange mandala pattern take over her pupils a little bit as you see an orange aura kind of take shape. 
she grabs both of your wrists and she just hold she grabs both of your wrists deed and <laughs> and just an orange like <laughs> chain with a lock wrap around and so they find you guys there she looks at both of you now you two are going to sit here you're going to let this janitor tell his story and if i so hear a peep or if you try anything funny wait, best wait, believe wait. those change wait. will get tighter so i'll just say I shut did, up for her. i just <laughs> said oh, the exact same thing and you're punishing me for it you just see an orange piece of tape go over your, both of your mouths it's just like <laughs> Believe it. I'm just gonna put in timeout. They both. I am serious. I literally. Let's hear this man's story, and now I get punished for it. Wow. So yeah, things got a little crazy. Mr. Walsh was here with his two daughters. They were having a funeral for his son. And uh, yeah, things got a little crazy. During the middle of the funeral. Everything was going just the way it was. And then all of a sudden he began clenching his chest as if he was having a heart attack. And people came over, they tried to resuscitate him, but yeah, unfortunately, I think the grief got to him and it kind of just poor man died on the spot. So now his two daughters are staying with the extended family at the moment. And until all this is over, they're gonna have to go to child services for now. Hey, those poor, those poor girls. But that wasn't even the strangest part. At this point, Mr. Walsh had hired this singer, some old crooner type. And in the middle of all this, she pointed toward the back of the funeral room and said, It's there! It's the killer! And... As everyone turned around, there was this hooded figure standing in the back. And as soon as she said that, he just turned around and booked it out with a couple of guests chasing after him. But no luck, because they came back and he vanished without a trace. Corey slowly raises a hand. Officer Dawes slowly takes the tape off. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is the first... And we and we were and we brought onto this case for this again. Realistically, this was on, it's only been a couple of hours. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the deaths. This is the death that first happened in the chain. What was the one that brought it to our attention? Ah, the one that br- the death that was brought to your attention because initially. Friedrich, Doss, and Quinn were asked to investigate the death of Darnell Fox, which was one of the patrons that Friedrich ran into during his night out on the town with Quinn and Doss. He was the one that was with the jazz singer outside. Uh, I don't know if they talked about that, so I can't use the, any of that knowledge. You said that Mr. Walsh had hired a a jazz singer of some sort, you said? Aye, that is correct. And out of the files, I pull out that woman's photo. Is is this the woman that you saw? Aye, that's the one. Same thing, she's got that kind of face that no one can can miss, but yeah. That's, That's interesting. And I write that down into my notes. And, uh, I want to see if I can signal to get the uh, tape removed. 
Doss slowly unravels the tape. Now, add to the conversation, otherwise it goes back on. Alright. So, do you have anybody else that's all be a suspect wearing the hood? Like, anybody that's seen him run out? Anybody outside? I unfortunately did not see him, but I overheard some of the guests saying something. But I don't know if it will help, but they were telling me, or I should say I overheard a bad habit of mine. But they said that as he was running by, he he smelt of like machine grease and burnt chemicals. Oh, I know where that is. Man here, do you have any, do you know of any security cameras in this facility? Do you think that uh, maybe this uh, hooded figure might have been caught on any security cameras? That was, that was my first thought, but unfortunately when I checked the tapes, there was nothing there. In fact, these cameras are older than dirt, I'm afraid. So they... We need some upgrades, yeah. So where is this, so this figure was spotted? Yeah, and... The janitor just points to the door that you guys came in. He was standing right there and not too far away from the door. Corey, okay. Let's... We're probably gonna regret this. <laughs> so, let's put it this way. You stay by the door. Because I'm... Because I'm wondering if it's... We know it's a banshee, but... I don't know. I have more questions than answers now. Do you think, uh... Cerberus might be able to pick up anything, like any sense from from this mystery figure. Now, so what would your goal be? So if Cerberus is going to sniff it out, what is your intention with it? Um, the janitor said he smelt of grease and machine oil. I know where it is. Oh, okay. I, I know, remember, I had the, that factory... Something suspicious was there. This man had oil and grease. That factory hasn't been used for years. Man. I say we go to it, then. For anyone, for the audience who can't see this, I was putting my fingers together like, Connection? Well, so Mr. O'Reilly, uh, since where's this place is at, and have probably got a good idea where's this uh, culprit was from. Yeah, and I turn towards the other janitor. If you think of anything, or if anything else... Suspicious happens around here, and I just give him a card. Please, don't hesitate to call me. I won't be a problem. Oh, there is one more thing. As he pulls out kind of something from his pocket. This little scrap of paper was found after the the hooded figure ran out of here. I don't know. It's of no use to me, but uh, maybe it could help you out. And hands you, Friedrich, a little scrap of paper... So it looks to be like a advertisement flyer. It's a little bit torn and crumpled a little bit. But as you take a look at it, that this is an advertisement for a job advertisement for hire kind of thing. And it says that this particular location that anyone could apply for this job is the Harrington Welding and Fabrication Factory. So, Harrington Welding and Fabrication. Sorry, I was writing something down. I'm still fairly new to the city. Is this the name of the factories that you're, you were talking about? And I hand him the paper. 
Mikey, I believe this is correct. So, the factory that we concluded from last time is the Glassworks factory. This is a completely different one, but it's in the same industrial area, area, in the same area in the industrial zone in that location. So, this fabrication factory is within the same area as the Glasswork. So, they're calling, they're all next to each other in some distance or another. It's in the same area, definitely, but that's the glassworking factory. This is welding. That brings up a more interesting question. I believe we should check on the other bodies before we make any big jumps. No, myself exactly. Which, uh, which factory is actually closer? Is the glassworks or the uh, uh, fabrication factory? Give me a sec. And she pulls out her phone and kind of types it in. Currently where we are, the closest would be the welding factory. The glassworks factory is about five more minutes further. So at least for us, from our current location, the welding factory would be the closest. I do wonder if there's more information on the bodies. Just get, uh, getting an idea of... Where the factories were. Uh, we're definitely going to be looking at CS bodies first. Uh, yes. Okay, now, everyone, we can either go and check out the, the home of the late uh, Mr. Bancroft, or we can go to the rush board and for the, uh, take a look at uh, the area from where we uh, found the body of Mr. Fox. I believe Mr. Bank would be the. Okay. I bet. I guess we go and visit the, uh, the home of Miss Bancroft. If everyone is uh, ready, anybody have any uh, other questions they'd like to ask this gentleman? No, thank you. For for new cameras, as O'Reilly pulls out some money and gives it to him. This is this is Tupia. I'm sure. All right. I will make sure to give this to uh, Miss Sylvia. And let her know that a generous donation was made to the funeral home. Okay. As we walk out the door, Mac a- turns around, looks at him, and goes, "Don't leave town." Uh, if I find anything else, I will. Oh, how would I get in contact with you all? Does that card that they gave you has has my number on it? Or just seeable future these. Or just the- ask for Ramirez. I already owe him one thing for now. But Excellent. yes, that, that card I gave you has my number on it. If anything happens, just give me a call, and uh, I'll make sure everybody else knows about what you had found. Will do. Thank you very much, and I will definitely let you know as the janitor goes back to cleaning up the mess a little bit. So, all of you guys are outside of the funeral home. Officer Dawes looks at you. So, we're going to in the Bancroft penthouse next, then? Yes, I would Yep, that's where we want to go. Cool, cool, cool. Alright, so all of you get in the car. And you make your way to the penthouse. So, as you arrive and you step out, there is a significant change of uh, locale. So, where you guys are used to, like in the central part of Paintown, is more urban. Where y'all live and work and stuff like that. The funeral home was just on the in-between. But as you guys make your way to the penthouse, 
you are now in the more wealthier parts of Paint Town. Around you are just skylines and stuff like that. So, as you guys make your way to outside of the building, you can see that meticulously that this building is very gaudy and it is furnished with like very I guess the best way to put it is pretentious architecture so it's like marble white with the shiny like <laughs> lining of like gold and silver around the trimmings of the building and you countertops marble flooring like we're talking this is on the exterior and as you make your way on the inside this complex is again decked out in marble flooring the reception is desk is like also marble it's like granite pillars are like holding up design basically this looks like a like grecian temple all some sorts as you walk on in so if you think of like a greek amphitheater this is a similar design who lives here zeus and aphrodite and the other gods i don't choose not to answer that so as you guys walk in at the it's the reception slash security desk because in front of you you see like your traditional like security guard just sitting in a chair sitting there and notices your presence oh apologies what can i do you for they're here to uh, investigate the uh, the death of miss uh, bancroft can you tell us uh about the penthouse number she lived in so you're here to inv investigate miss bancroft's murder well, it's about time. I was worried that no one was going to come investigate. Wait, wait, wait. I thought she died of natural causes. And he kind of leans in closer to you guys. If you'll hear me out, I have my suspicions. Suspicions? And he looks around to make sure no one else is with her or something. They say that this time... Mac like looks down at his incredibly hairy arms and goes, I'm a year for it. Exact prime year for it. Yup, sure does. Looks like, like, yes. You could. Hey, no. Sorry. You guys are so funny. But yeah, as the security guard backs off a little bit back into his seat. But yeah, those are just my thoughts. I think some monster. It's a damn shame, too. Miss Bancroft was, uh, at least with me, she was such a sweetheart. But I think she got an unfair shake from some of the other folks. Oh, I don't live in this world of high society folk. And so uh, I'm just a security guard. When I clock out, I go back to my apartment with my family. And, and it just simple is my world. But Miss Bancroft was, uh, at least to me, she was very kind. She was very sweet. But you know how these high society types are. It's all about appearance and yeah, especially some of the other women didn't necessarily treat her because she wouldn't fall for their jabs and their yeah trickery. And it's a damn shame too, because she was a better one than most of these other women that come in and out of these apartments. She wasn't a stereotypical witch. No. 
But yeah, since you are here, I guess um, I can let you into her complex and you can investigate around. I also have some, eh, I have some security footage from that day as well. I assumed no one was going to come investigate because it's been a bit. But since you're here, I still have that tape if you can also look at as well. I would like to take a look at that security footage. I would uh, like to see the tape as well. <laughs> I was about to ask if uh, you guys wanted to take a look at the security footage first before we headed up, uh, upstairs. Yes, if, uh, if you can take us to uh, your computer and show us the security footage from that night, uh, we'd appreciate it. Sure, just give me one sec. And from his little desk area, he pulls out... I mean, it's functional, but it's not necessarily, like, the most shiniest or newest, but it's, like, a laptop. And so he begins tapping on the keyboard, typing things in, and then he flips the screen around to show you the security footage. Now, the security footage shows, in detail, once again, you see a hooded figure walking into the main building but the angle of the camera is able to give a little more detail so based on what you can get from this footage it is a hooded figure it is a male somewhere between 25 and 30 years old completely shaved head so it's like he's bald no hair things like that and what's even more crazy is that there seems to be a whole bunch of tattoos all over his head and going down his neck and what seems to continue on in his chest before it's cut off by the shirt he's wearing underneath the hood and you can see this is him walking through the lobby with no obstruction he's just normally walking and then the camera goes to mrs bancroft's apartment complex where He's just there. He's just knocking on the door. He is let in. And a few minutes pass. And then as soon as he enters the door, not even a minute or two later, you just see him come rushing out of the room. What looks to be a kind of frightened condition that he's in. He looks like he saw something or he got scared. And so he ran off and as soon as he ran through the lobby you just see the security guard and some others chase him out as the, he uh, runs out of the apartment building was there anyone else in the footage or was it only him it was only him going into uh, mrs bancroft's apartment but he wasn't even in there for too long it was only like a minute two minutes max before he came running out with the fear of, oh god, what did I just see? And as he was running out the building. Can we get a copy of the... Sure, just give me a sec. And he, with the mouse, moves it over and hands you a flash drive, so a USB stick. To Friedrich, this doesn't make sense to me. Random question, the tattoos on his face, are they like, rec like something that would be recognizable? Uh, something that have some sort of collective theme? Something that would stand out? Okay, for the listening audience, I do want to give a trigger warning because I'm about to go into detail and these tattoos are not necessarily historically the nicest. 
So just bear that in mind. So Mac, as you, as the resident, not even just you, because Mac, you do have tattoos, but also because your girlfriend also happens to be a fan of different artists and their tattoo work and stuff like that, because she's a punk rocker. We love it. As through those two things and the collective knowledge of tattoos, as you're looking at the security footage that the tattoos covering his head and his neck are similar to, once again, trigger warning, to be similar to those who belong to the Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah, not the nicest, but th there's the tattoos. Recognizable. So automatic dislike for this individual then. And like that's that's going to be a thing for him. Yes. Okay. Really? I'm just saying this to myself. Really? I look at Bob is investigating the person, and this is my block. I don't trust this. Everybody looks over at Friedrich, and Friedrich just just has that bruh look on his face. Hey, Friedrich, I've got a dumb question. Sayove. Does this seem too suspicious? Kind of look at him sarcastic, semi-sarcastically. What do you mean by that? I'm not. I, I have. He he hasn't noticed the tattoos yet. I'm saying that. Oh, believe me, being German, I would have noticed some of those tattoos. I'm saying, think of it like this: If I was the supposed killer, I would not. I would avoid the cameras at all possible. I would not walk through just like a normal day and then run out scared if I was planning to kill someone. After I've already killed one man. Oh, it could be that by some chance he probably knew that there would be a camera in these locations. So when he came out of the room, he was just trying to look scared like he came across something. Yeah. It just... This doesn't feel right. You get what I'm saying? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. But I'm, I'm, I'm also just stating that uh, if I was a killer and I went to go after somebody and I point my finger around in a, a place like this where I would know that there would be security cameras, if I got the hold of that person and I started to leave, I tried to look scared. Like, I just happened upon this. But I understand what you're saying. This eh, this doesn't seem right. Quinn, can you look on uh, your computer and uh, see if this uh, see if anybody like this uh, matches anybody or not? Sure. Give me a sec. And Quinn, funny enough, Quinn takes out his laptop. He sits on the floor with his back kind of perched against the desk and begins typing away. Friedrich, Quinn, as quiet as he is, and a, a lovable goofball, as he tends to be perceived as by most people, spending enough time with him in the academy and getting to know his true skill set, when it comes to the searching of suspects and databases, and even though technically Chief only tells him to use it when necessary, he is good at hacking too, so Quinn is fast at work. Just a master at work is the best way to put it. So as he's typing and looking at the screen, you just hear him mutter to himself, 
Okay, so correlation with this. Let's narrow down this search. And you just hear him mumbling to himself until he says, Got it. There is one person that matches this description based on the height and builds and the age range of the video. And as he finishes the search, he turns his laptop around. The person that we are looking for, according to the database and according to what we have matched here, is a one Mr. John Novak. And as he turns around the laptop, you guys make the correlation that this is the same kind of figure from the database and the person in the video. Finn, I knew you would find something. Now, everybody here, I know exactly what you're thinking. We want to go after this guy. But before that, I would still like to go and check out uh, Miss Bancroft's room. See if you might uh, drop something. That could be of you. My mind sits on no. If I'm going to tell you that I, I shoot Frederick. I'm saying I check out the room because who knows what could have been Mister left behind. I'll, I'm still going to check out the room, but this isn't the one. I'm telling you. Before, okay, uh, but, before uh, Quinn gets up, I pat his head. Oh, sorry. No, see, before Quinn gets up, I pat his head, and I'm like, "You're the goodest boy." Quince just <laughs> looks just at Quince just looks at you, Mac, and just without even breaking a beat, he's just I know. <laughs> I can just picture servers like looking through like probably the glass doors. <laughs> he's up in the window, just exactly in your <laughs> mind. <laughs> in your mind, Mac, you just is like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but anyways, I, I turn and I look at the guard. I I can't thank you enough for this video, and if anything else uh, comes up, you remember anything? Something else happens? And I hand him uh, another card that I've got. Please do not hesitate to give this number a call. This is my personal phone, so you don't have to deal with the operator, receptionist, anything like that. It will get straight to me. Do you have Do you have the room key? I most certainly do. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to lead you there. It's protocol, but I will let you into the room. Just make sure you don't leave with anything that doesn't belong to you, because I will be at the door making sure you guys uh, leave everything the way it's supposed to. And <laughs> three, Dawson... And... Three uniformed cops standing there. It's like, bruh, we know. Hey, listen, I have to make sure it's... It, was, know, part, it was part of the job description when I got hired here. It's, it, it is what it is. But yes, I will escort you to the apartment. And he promptly gets up at his desk. And as he walks around... I mean, you for real, I, I know exactly how that feels, because that's exactly what I did work in security. You're just like, oh, too real. So, we we have the time of death. We do, but... And we also have yeah, the I, video. I don't have it written down, though. Yeah, we're getting... Basically, I'm using all of my knowledge from TV shows and stuff. It's not the wisest choice, but... But yeah, than... out of character, I don't have... Uh, the time of deaths written down. Yeah. Uh, memory, I believe. The first death was Mr. Walsh. Second death was uh, Miss Bancroft. And then yeah. the most recent death was Mr. Uh, Mr. Fox. That is correct. And I believe you said, uh, now that I think about it, I think you said that the deaths were in like 
two-week intervals, something like that. Eh, more or less. Mackie wanted to chime in with something. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> this, this, this doesn't feel right. So Okay, so if it was in two-week intervals, and Miss Bancroft would have been found deceased, yeah, about a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago. Because Mr. Fox was uh, found dead only the evening before all this. I'm doing a remember, everyone. Okay. Can I knock out the security guard? No. <laughs> You're just like, okay. So, listen, I know the lone wolf art. Crimes being uh, while walking around with three cops. So, <laughs> I'll give you an A plus for the audacity. Hey, the... just knock him out. You can go up to the apartment. <laughs> Now, that would normally be something if he wouldn't give you the key. The fact that he's going to lead you up, though, he's pretty cooperative. But there is something that you do recognize, Dean, as he's walking past you with the keys. <laughs> and actually, this is something all of you notice, too. As he walks past you, you can see that attached to his hip, most modern key rings are very small and they're convenient. Like, they attach them to a keychain or your car keys or things like that. Oh, yeah. So, this security guard's keys is, like, one of those old-school, like, very large, like, circular, like, metallic rings with a bunch of different keys on it. Yeah. Cartoon prison guard card, uh, keys. <laughs> exactly, like the cartoon. <laughs> but what you notice about all the keys on them, they're all keys, but almost every single one of them Looks like they belong into a different time period. I was gonna say, a, a fancy building like this, you'd think they would use key cards. Yeah, can so I whisper to everybody? Can I like pull everybody and then get them into a group or something and then like we can kind of discuss about it? Yeah, I will say narratively, like you guys back off a little bit. You're still walking with the security guard, but you notice that. But you guys can create enough of a distance where he won't get too suspicious and you're able to have kind of a conversation at a low level without him hearing. But yeah, so the security guard's keys is like one of the cliche cartoon like prison guard keys, but each of the keys looks like it belongs to a different time period. All I know is I'm hearing his voice in my head and it's like an old timey cartoon guy. I don't know why, but it's stuck. I'm sorry. It's, just, it's stuck up there now. Yeah, this, just... place, this place is definitely a mystical place. Okay, so all of you are, like, having this conversation. Rage, since the Dean brought it up, you can begin this convo and kind of share what you wanted to share with the group. Is it just me, or does anybody else think that this is kind of suspicious with the whole keys and everything? You mean it's a really fancy, posh... Clearly magical building. ...of key cards? I don't see anything suspicious, but yeah. I noticed that's... To be fair, Severus, he says for us, you are a spirit of vengeance. I'm... We have several guards here, and you're talking about keys. Yes. Are, that are suspicious. Sorry, you, but... This place is I'm not gonna lie, every single building we put in that's modern, we don't put any regular keys in there. And if they are, we take them out and put... Construction workers got a benefit sometimes. We, we don't do that because it's not posh enough, as he makes air quotes. Yeah. 
Yeah, that push, but... How many buildings are in here? Because that, that's a shit ton of keys. Guys, like... <laughs> to be fair, they're magic. That's a legitimate question. Okay, so let's resolve this. So, thank you. In order, so Mac, you asked how many buildings are in here. So it's how many, once like units. Because if there's a whole ring of keys, is it one of those there's more keys in units situation kind of thing? Actually, okay, so the building that you're in, it's like your standard apartment building. It's like maybe 10 to 12 floors, but there's a pretty decent amount of units on each floor. They, as you're passing through the hallway, as you're making your way towards Mrs. Bancroft's apartment, just like any regular apartment complex, usually the doors and the frames and all that are similar looking and the locks look the same. But <laughs> the security guard has the keys and they're all of different eras. And actually, if anyone would like to, you can do a quick investigate to see if you can glean some information from the keys themselves while you're observing them. I would like to. Okay. Why not? I'm the most thuggish one here. You're okay. Okay, so Friedrich and Dean, you two want to take a look at the keys as you're walking and observing. Look at your power tags to see if there's anything that you could possibly add. Remember, not all rolls need your power tags. If none of them apply or you don't want to put them in, you can do. And sometimes not every power tag is going to be right for the situations. What, what, what's our group power tags again? Oh, unlikely alliance. So, hold up. I have the notes for this. Give me a sec. Well, I'm just trying to remember what they are. Ladies and gentlemen, I am happy I have the notes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> So, your crew's power tag is the Unlikely Alliance. So, your power tags include European Knowledge, Unassuming, and Swiss Army Knife. As you guys all come from different backgrounds and like a jack-of-all-trades kind of thing, you guys can probably pull things and information together. Your weakness tag, however, is known as the Schedule Monster, so there are going to be times where not all of you can be together at the same time. Which will get us attention. That is true. But those are your power tags, so remember you can also use your crew's power tags as well. Mikey, you had gone through those really fast and I wasn't able to catch all of it. What was the European knowledge? Uh-huh. European knowledge, unassuming, and Swiss Army Knife are the three power tags. And then your crew's weakness tag is the schedule monster. Wait, wait, well, it seemed it was useless because we have the power tag of unassuming. Technically, yes, but I wanted a good chase scene and it was narratively, it was fun. So like, why yeah. not? Yeah, it's fun. I'm just saying it was. <laughs> but yes. So with that all in mind, so we're going to start with you, Friedrich. What power tags do you think are relative to this investigate? I'm sorry, I write slow. We'll come back to you then since you were writing. So just look at your stuff and figure it out, figure out what power tags are relative. So Rage, have you looked at your stuff to see if anything applies? None of mine do. I use the European from the crew. Honestly, the actually European knowledge would with the location. Yeah, no, it would be part of European, especially ancient European history, but. Yeah, that would work specifically, especially for what the information will reveal. So yeah, so that'll be a plus one. We'll get 
now no one can use European knowledge. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, if these are all different keys from different eras, you said, European knowledge might come into effect because basically any type of like locksmithing or anything would have came from the pretty much Central Europe. With partially. Well, yeah, partially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but here's the thing. If one person uses European knowledge, no one else can because it burnt. They're crispy, so we only get one use on it. <laughs> and that is the downside of the crew tags, is that you get one use. <laughs> yeah, and Friedrich, the last one was Swiss Army Knife. Right, right. So, Friedrich, we're coming back to you, so which power tags, if any, are you going to include? And then we're both going to have you roll. <laughs> well, since I can't use European knowledge now... Hey, that's um... the trade-off, man. <laughs> But it's crispy, boy. <laughs> crispy. <laughs> well done. Um, noticing that it, no, I don't think I would be able to use uh, the uh, uh, standard equipment because he's a security guard in a modern-looking building, but using keys, not key cards or anything else. Um, so, would I be hypothetically would I be able to use? Uh, laptop or personal device, however you want to call it, to search up these keys, what eras they might be from. If you were sitting down and not walking, sure, but you're walking with the security guard as you're making your way to the apartment, so that's going to be difficult to do. And if you stop and do, the security guard is going to notice that you're no longer following him. Okay, okay. So, I, I unfortunately, to just write down laptop or if it was actually like personal device but I just wanted to be lazy and just write laptop or something would I by chance try to distract him the security guard keep him busy you could but the fact that it's it's not going to be that hard <laughs> but you, know, you could if you like for time's sake mm -hmm. I'm, I, I don't have any real things to use okay so then Dean and Friedrich, go ahead and both roll for me and then let me know what you get. Okay. So remember 2d6 and then add your totals together. Okay, since I don't have any buffs, that would be a total of 11. Damn, that's still pretty good. So Friedrich got an 11 and then Rage, what did you get? I got a 7 and... Wait, do I get any... Um bonus multipliers or anything okay so you said you wanted you said you wanted to use european knowledge now that will give you a plus one but the downside is you will burn that tag so are you sure you want to use it in this situation oh good lord the dreaded are you sure what do you guys think i'll let you guys decide on that factor well, does it reset after a certain period of time or is it a permanently burned it's burned until the session ends. Hmm. I say use it then, because I don't think we're going to use it again. Then I will use it. Okay. Total of eight. Okay, so 11 and 8. So yeah, so it wasn't going to be that difficult. I wasn't going to make it too hard, but both of you did fairly well. There's no complications for this because you're just looking at it, but Friedrich and Dean Collectively, both of you look at these keys, and once again, all these keys seem to come from different eras in this, like, comically-sized prison ring key kind of situation going. 
But you also <laughs> on this ring, you know, this key ring, that there are all these different keys. But at the center of this, you see a symbol engraved held together on a spindle type of thing. So you have the circular ring key and on the middle of it, you have a connecting metallic piece holding this uh, symbol in the middle of the keys. The symbol looks to be like an ancient Grecian door. And from collectively what you guys know through your various avenues, this to be the symbol of Portunus, the Roman god of doorways and keys. And on top of that too, you guys also make the connection that this makes sense given the decor looks like an ancient temple from the inside when you guys were in the reception area. And everything is made of marble, white, and like ancient pillars and stuff like that. <laughs> So you both come to the conclusion that our security guard friend here has the mythos of Portunus, the Roman god of doorways and keys. Well, that makes sense. But does he know he is? Who's to say? <laughs> yeah, who's to say? I can't reveal all the cards right away. <laughs> Maybe he might have some knowledge, but kind of like me, just... He knows something's up, just doesn't know exactly what. I mean, you know, I look over at those. How I was uh, when we went to the, the clubs uh, last night. I definitely do. And like I said, it takes people a little bit to get used to seeing through the mist, as my grandma told me. But maybe he is aware of it, but just a little bit, just like you. But that's probably a conversation to have later with him. Because now he's also piqued my interest as well. You know this city has... It, it, it's always weird to figure out how many people actually have the ability to... There's no, there's no set or way in it. It's always random. So at this point, you guys make your way... The security guard finally leads you to Mrs. Bancroft's door. He sticks the key in, turns it, unlocks it for you. Go ahead, and you can take a look. If you need anything, I'll be outside of the door just waiting. Just be careful, and good luck to hopefully finding more information about anything, I guess. And just gestures you to enter the apartment. Cool. So does Wadrick. Max into. I will enter as well. Okay. So all four of you enter this room. Once again, the decor matches the, what you saw in the reception area. The floor is like this marble tile, like glossy white kind of situation going on. There's some decorative pillars carved in the style of ancient Rome. But it is also adorned with modern furniture and accoutrement, if you will. So there's like a flat screen TV. There is a living area with some couches and a carpet. The kitchen is well stocked. And it's one of those, like, newer kitchens with the stove top and all that not requiring gas. So it's more, like, energy efficient, all that good stuff. But you also see a nice black ivory kind of piano sitting in the far corner of the room. So that is what you see initially. So you have the living room, you have the kitchen, and then you have the piano. 
And then you see a set of stairs that kind of lead into this open kind of loft bedroom area on the second part of this penthouse. There's not really a door frame and a doorway to enter into a separate room. It's like an open bedroom on the second floor. The only Cal- thing that's kind of... I turn to Mr. Bankloff. The security guard. <laughs> the, the security guard. What was Mrs. Bankcroft's profession? She was a realtor. She just sold houses and properties and things like that. This, uh, this neighborhood, that could be a... That could be a small fortune. But you have to if you want to stay here. But anyways, you said there was a uh, kind of stairway leading up to the loft bedroom. Mm-hmm, so there's the loft bedroom. Up- the- How did they get that piano in here? Bit difficulty. <laughs> Honestly. I, I want to go up and uh, check the, the bedroom area real quick. Okay. So you're going to go up there. Everyone else, where would you like to go real quick? Do we know where the body was? Yeah, so the security guard tells you that the body was uh, found near the piano when he came up after our hooded suspect, a Mr. John Novak, made his way out of the room as soon as he entered it in. So the body was found near the piano. Did he, from the video, did he let himself in or was he invited in? So, he, the video kind of showed that he knocked on the door, but you also noticed that when he knocked on it, the door opened up a little bit, and then he gently pushed it open more, went in, and then not even a minute or two later, ran out. Okay. Dean, we're gonna do something yeah. crazy. Hear me out. Alright. I want you to go next to the piano and act like a dead body. I can make you one. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Officer Dawes just looks at both of you. Do I need to restrain you two again? No, no, no. I have a dumb theory. Hear me out. And just think, where I'm up in the loft uh, bedroom area, I can also get a bird's eye view of this, too. That is true. Yeah. So let's say this. I'm going to be our suspect coming into the room. Dean, please just be the damn dead body. Sure. You owe me after this. I'll get you a free beer, okay? Alright, bet. Okay. So, Corey's gonna try his best to recreate the scene of what he thinks happened. So, I come to see a friend, or some associate of mine, some sort. I knock on the door, sees it open, and I open it slightly. From just how the door is can i see the dead body directly yet yeah so the way that you open the door and from where you're currently standing you can see you would be able to see the body as clear as day from the doorway okay Okay, uh mr o'reilly and i'm saying this from up in the the, i would just call it the law okay from where you're at looks like you would clearly be able to see it's the body yes clearly but, let's be honest, how yeah. many times has the average person lost their phone and it was right from them the entire time? Are we talking about losing a body? Yeah, something a lot larger to see. So, well, if, let's, let's put it this way. Would you meet, some people will meet, 
To be fair, I don't think... Don't forget, people don't look up half the time. So people who hide above... So... You're coming to see a friend. You come in. The door's open. You think something's up. You start looking around. You finally find your friend's dead body. You're in the middle of a crime scene. What you gonna do? I was a normal I'll get out of there as quick as possible. Out and run out some- yeah. yeah. But he stayed for two minutes. So, obviously, yeah. something was done in the interval of him coming in and out. Yes, I... And plus, if, if she was playing the piano when the door opened, so I probably wouldn't have been hesitant to walk in. I'm gonna start looking around the building, looking at pictures and everything. I'm going Thrawn style. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, you look around, pictures of Miss, Miss Bancroft. Her and just one picture seems to be her and her elderly mother. Another one is her in front of a house that, that it looks like she just sold. A lot of these pictures are mostly just her and her accomplishments and then her immediate family like her mom, what looks to be her sister. So nothing too out of the ordinary. However, as you are looking at the book sh- as you're looking at these pictures, some of these pictures are like on the countertop or on the shelves like how you normally would decorate a house, put like picture frames on like shelves and stuff like that. And you notice that on one of these shelves next to the picture, you see a folded piece of paper. I'm gonna open up the piece of paper. Okay. So as you open up the piece of paper, it is a looks to be a ticket for one to the washboard, which is a local jazz lounge in the city of Paintown. And it is an admission ticket for a performance of one Martha Ellis. Now, Friedrich. Oh no, you have to tell this information. Never mind. I got a question. What kind of yes. condition is the ticket? Free, I say Friedrich. <laughs> I think I, I come down here, please. Look, look, look. Lost is lost. Did you find something? Okay. Point at the ticket. I think this one did it. So, as all of you reconvene to answer your question, Dean, the ticket looks to be. It was folded in half, so like she folded it and put it there for a reason, but it looks fairly new-ish. The crease hasn't been there for too long. Would you say the ticket's two weeks old, about? The date of the performance seems to be tonight, actually. I have a bad feeling. I think it's this person points at the ticket. So you point the ticket to the... Why'd you say the, the name of the? Uh... Because if I said the name, you're gonna you're gonna say I'm crazy. Uh, what what was the the name that was on the ticket again? The name on the ticket is Martha Ellis. I'm assuming you tell uh... the group this, Corey. Yes. Okay. Right, so good, I thought you were blaming a piece of paper. So no, all of you, I, all of you, Martha Ellis. I think. So you can blame you. Can, I will take any blame you throw at me. And I'm trusting my gut. So all of you are. Just, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mikey. I was gonna say I would go over to Dawson Quinn. Martha Ellis. She was the singer at the at the club that when we went out, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the exact same one. That was a fine line. Was she at the funeral? 
Yes, yes, because the janitor we talked about said that Mr. Walsh had hired the jazz singer. I showed him the picture, has a picture of uh, Frau Lanaris, and he said that for sure that was her. Yeah, yeah, you guys can try to convince me that Mr. Suspicious, but I think it's I am not letting up on my. I'm saying this. I'm saying this out of character. I'm only doing this in character because O'Reilly's too like he's Irish. Banshees are famously female in Irish mythology, so that's why he's holding this ground still. I'm saying that out of character. That's why I'm holding my ground. He's too suspicious. But then again, why is this guy here? Came to see a friend. The friend dies. Oh, don't take it the wrong way, but he's not the type that you seem to be coming around her on the, the regular. Just call me crazy. Face tattoos in this place don't seem to go hand in hand there, Corey boy. I want to go back upstairs and look for any missing valuables, like on the nightstand, in a dresser drawer. I want to see if there's any missing valuables, see if this might have been a robbery gone wrong. Sure, you can go upstairs. I'm a police officer. A person was murdered in here. Okay. I, I have to do my job and investigate. Okay. So maybe I'm not even... The, maybe they're distant cousins or something? I don't know all the pieces, Mac. Mm. I just... I'm trusting my gut. Okay. So while this conversation is happening, Friedrich, you go upstairs, you begin investigating... You do find her jewelry box. You also find a kind of uh, metallic case in the drawer as you open it up. There is a handgun inside. Ms. Bancroft to be strapped sometimes. But from your assessment, nothing seems to be overturned. Nothing seems to be missing. So it doesn't seem that a ro- while maybe something could have been stolen, the usual suspects of things seems to be their jewelry, money the gun like all of it is still there in its casing and nothing seemed to have been disturbed up here over here and i put everything back and i make my way back downstairs okay so you make your way back downstairs to everybody to the group and the security guard comes in and says unfortunately i think time is up my boss is heading back in and we should probably head back down before he sees you all in here. <laughs> yep, yep. I'll be, I'm going. Cool, cool. I, I don't say this out loud. I just think this to myself. Be concerned with people investigating someone's room when there's clearly uniformed police officers. Friedrich, was it? Yeah. Let's just say my boss, Tizzy very powerful individual and I'm not saying this as a threat I'm giving this as a forewarning because I like you guys seem to be cool and I don't want anything to happen to you but you don't want to get on my boss's bad side Friedrich you'll learn in the future so Friedrich what was your question what is your boss's name in case uh, something comes up with uh, the area uh, and I need to Get on touch with him. He goes by Roman. Is it? Mm-hmm. So, first name Roman. I don't really know his last name. I don't want to either. He's an intimidating dude. What I can tell you is his personality is a little bit rough around the edges. 
very militaristic, very heated. He gets angry real easily, almost warlike in a sense. And knows the type. Yeah, so you can see why I want you out of here, not because I want to protect my own skin, but also I don't want you to face his wrath. Because you Except never. Because <laughs> I don't wish you to get in trouble, we will leave. Cool, cool, cool. And he just like hurry, scurries you guys out and back into the lobby just as Roman comes in. Roman sees all of you guys just chilling with the security guard as if nothing had happened. He is a very tall individual. He is wearing like this black and red suit adornment. His hair is slicked back a little bit. That his eyes are like a strange reddish orangish hue a little bit. And he says, ah, I see we have guests. Oh, yes. Yeah, at your point. Ooh, we're a little feisty, aren't we? I like that. May I inquire as to your name? The name is Roman Lepant. At your service. Sorry. Corey contains the laugh, but just barely. Is he taller than Mac, or are they, like, same height or something? How tall is Mac? Six, seven. Yeah, he's a lot taller than you. He's standing at, like, a 6'11". Alright. Oh, Lord, now I'm only 6'2". <laughs> only 6'2", <laughs> and the 6'2 is short. <laughs> yeah, Roman is a very tall individual. Mac just looks up at him and smiles. I just look Eagle at him. Mr. LaPans- I just look at him. Mr. Lepansky. My name is uh, Sergeant Friedrich Klopp. I'm uh, with uh, District 13. We was informed that uh, a young lady was uh, found dead in... Her, her condo, Viva's just just checking to make sure it wasn't a robbery gone wrong or anything. Oh, really now? So you're here to investigate Miss Bancroft's murder? Such a shame. She's a very good tenant. So I've heard. Have you heard of anything suspicious that happened here in the, the days or possibly weeks prior to her death? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. Yeah, not to my knowledge, and when I think about it... Okay, Sam. Viva's, Viva's just, like I said, Viva's just investigating, but uh, our investigation was wrapping up, so we should be out of here in just a few minutes. Of course. And if you ever need anything, you just give Roman a call, and I will make sure I can help you out in any way I can. As I that. And he puts his hand on your shoulder, Friedrich, and... You can just feel like this aura of ferocity coming through this large man. <laughs> and he just pats you on the shoulder and says, <sighs> and is talking to the security guard. If you need me, I will be in my office as usual, getting the paperwork done. We gotta figure out if anyone is going to want to rent out now that we have an empty room. <laughs> and kind of chuckles to himself before heading down the hall to his office. Don't like that motherfucker. Oh, trust, oh, trust me, he's not the worst one in the city. Just don't like to remain uh, calm and professional. And you have a pleasant day, Herr Ullman. You too, my friend. As he goes into his office and closes the door. Surprised he didn't kill you, considering he's Roman and you're Greek. Apparently no actual bad blood between the two, but just for fun, these... I really wanted to kill him. I don't know why, but I really wanted to kill him. I think it was the oh. face. Mostly the face region. No, you don't want to fight. But to be fair, they're all worse person than him in the city. 
Oh god, I, I, I'm still remember when I thought. You know what? Never mind. Let's just get going. Time to check the factories. Doesn't matter how tall he is or how powerful he thinks he is, he cannot intimidate me. My no. friend, he cannot intimidate me, but people higher than him can't, trust me. Okay, so you guys want to go check out the factory or you still want to go check out Darnell Fox's location? Me personally, I prefer to uh, go and check out the uh, location where Mr. Fox was found. Okay. I'm fine with either or. My, my bet's on the factory. It's a it's a tie-in, though, because the washboard is where that lady has... There's a tie to that anyway, so we might as well go there. And also, I can speak to my contact, who's actually there. Hmm? So, so, so uh, as yeah. a group, y'all are going to head to the washboard next? Yep. Hand me the keys. How driving relaxes me. There's something about Miss Wellman I did not like. I just need to clear my head. I'll let you have the keys this once, but then afterwards, I'm back in the wheel, baby. And I okay. immediately just start heading for the vehicle. Okay. So all of you... Oop, go ahead. So, miss, about the killing people part, I, that's just how fast that thing can get if you accidentally hit someone. There is no way someone survives if they get hit by that. Yeah. Even, even if it's a cloud. You keep mentioning clouds. We're going to have to talk about it, and I need a little more context as you two continue to have this conversation towards the car. <laughs> I have a red journey to the west. Oh, I have. And so you guys start this conversation as you're walking to the car. The rest of you guys follow in. The camera once again cuts back as you all get into the car, and you guys drive away, and camera pans on a figure that is watching you from once again across the street that has similar tattoos on their neck and their head watching you guys from afar and that is where we're going to end tonight's session that's a cliffhanger what the heck <laughs> uh, i'm sorry i know all the evidence is pointing to this guy in game i just can't see him doing it i don't know why technically all the evidence is pointing toward the one tying connection of her that uh, and, and this man's been at all the scenes apparently there's gotta be there's another tie-in for him so there's gotta be something else for him yeah i'm sorry curse my mythology curse my mythology beating heart i cannot see anyone but that woman now that woman is guilty as hell i don't know why but she is Looks like you guys are going to have to do some more investigating and continue on whatever train of thought you have. But that is going to conclude tonight's episode. So to everyone who is listening, thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Knights of Paint Town, the City of Miss Actual Play podcast. When we come back for our next episode, we will see our intrepid heroes continue the investigation as they are get closer and closer to uncovering the truth of these tragic trio of deaths but until we turn more into a phoenix wright character oh geez here we go but until then this is your master of ceremonies mikey signing off for the DD five tribe remember internet land and audio podcast land take care of each other love one another and 
As always, from me and my amazing cast at the D&D Vibe Tribe, remember, let the good times roll. See you next time. Bye, everyone.